0: Hey, listeners, Carrie Jr. II here. We're away celebrating the holidays, and since Christmas is days away, we're running back our Santa School episode to get you in the holiday spirit. Here it is.
1: (laughs) You're listening to the sound of Michigan's own Santa School. Hey, Santa!
2: I was at Santa School? What the heck is Santa School? Each year
1: in October, hundreds of Santas and Mrs. Clauses gather in their best red outfits at the Charles W. Howard Santa Claus School in Midland, Michigan. They're there to prep and learn best practices for holiday season visits to malls, hospitals, and the
0: like.
1: And this year, they were back in full force for the first time since the beginning of the COVID nineteen pandemic.
3: The first thing I noticed was all of these license plates that were personalized, and some of them had Santa on them. One said Kringle. Other, uh, they have
1: multimedia photo editor Kelly Jordan got to tag along.
3: So the, the smile popped onto my face as soon as I pulled into the parking lot. And then it just got better. By the time I made it into the auditorium where the class was, it, it just hit me. This is probably the greatest assignment I will have in my lifetime.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so glad we had this opportunity to share with you. Oh, Merry Christmas to each and every one of you. Oh, oh,
1: oh, 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 I'm Darcy Moran, filling in for Carrie Jr. II, and this is On The Line. All right. So, Kelly, we wanted to talk to you about a bit of a bright spot after some heavy topics in recent weeks, election, all that. Um, You were able to document this big return reunion at Santa School. Can you talk a bit about the energy when you arrived and just the experience in general to start
3: us off? I think I realized it was like a family quickly. You would hear lots of laughter and just hugs were happening everywhere everywhere. They joke about jolly. It was very jolly. You could not walk into that place with any sadness because it would go away the moment you crossed the threshold. There was just no way around it. Singing was was a constant. There would be three hundred Santas, and they would all sing to to thank the person that came to give the presentation. Um, it was really it was amazing you know a person came and taught them sign language and, and taught them a, a enough ASL to kind of get through a Santa visit and then also taught them how to sing some with uh, through ASL and you
1: talk about that. It's not just the classes, it's all those conversations. But this is actually a pretty jam-packed three days of classes. And see, I want to talk about those, but also super briefly the history of uh, this school because it's a pretty phenomenal thing that it exists. I believe it's been eighty-five. Is eighty-five
3: years correct this year? Yes, this was this was their eighty-fifth year. The school was founded in nineteen thirty-seven. It actually came from New York. It was Charles W. Howard. And then it migrated to Michigan um, when Tom and Holly Valant got it, and they moved it to Midland. Tom was a student there, and then he ultimately came to run the school. Okay, and what are the classes that are happening throughout the day? The first day was a lot of lecture. Concentrated on the spirits of Santa Claus and the expectations of Santa Claus. There was a lot of interactive question and answer time where they'd have the opportunity to, to share with others how to answer certain questions like that inevitable, how in the world do you deliver all the toys in one night question.
0: If you have to leave for some reason, you gotta tell them you gotta go feed the reindeer, don't you gotta go to the bathroom. You
3: gotta- there was also a talk about how to handle it when there's the baby crying. Then there were classes on, you know, like your suit. You might think, oh, that's so
0: good. I hung it up last night. And it might be, but everybody's body
3: leaks different. <laughs> what to expect to pay for the suit. How do you stay cool? And one gentleman shared a story about a guy who took an old a CPAP machine and rerouted the hose so that it blew cool air up the back of his suit. And they wrapped it in a present so that, you know, it could could remain there on stage with him. They had exercise classes. One, two, three, touch. One, two, three, How to handle being seated for a long period of time, how some different stretches and different things you can do to stay fresh. They had a class on how to ho-ho-ho. to ho, ho. Use it as a jolly ho-ho-ho laugh versus a scary, you know, and, and maybe intimidating ho-ho-ho. They got an opportunity to make toys, uh, learn how to drive a sleigh. Dasher!
0: Hunt, and Prancer and Vixen! Not coming and, and skipping! it donner and
3: Blitzen! Ho-ho-ho-ho! <laughs> they got to meet one of the real reindeer, uh, Blitzen, that the, the Valents have, Tom and Holly went through what a typical Santa and mrs. Claus visit would be like so they brought in a local kindergarten class Have you been good kindergarten yeah. Raise your your there was class on nutrition there's just so many uh, little nuanced things that, that you might not even think about but in the grand scheme of the of the three days were pretty informative for all of the students
1: you know I saw some of these beautiful images, and anyone who's interested in Santa school and what we're talking about here needs to go online and look at Kelly Jordan's photos that are just really so lighthearted and and lovely for this season. But there's this one photo that stands out, Elizabeth IV of Canton. I believe it was during their visit to um, Bronner's, and she's near the ground. She's got this really cute, um, like, rainbow unicorn skirt on, and she's looking up with eyes of wonder, But it's three Santas, and you're talking about this kindergarten class coming in, and I kept thinking, is this confusing for the kids who have been told, like, they've been sold on one Santa, and now there's a bunch. Did that come up at all?
3: The discussion is that Santa has cousins. So there were over 300 Santa cousins visiting Bronner's that day.
1: Bronner's Christmas Wonderland is, of course, the retail store in Frankenmuth that touts being the world's largest Christmas store. They
3: uh, had the opportunity to interact, and the the town of Midland and um, the people in Frankenmuth get very excited about this.
1: That is so funny. The cousins. All right. So, so Santa has a big family. It's a big family.
3: Absolutely. It's, it's a very big, loving, supportive family.
1: And so I want to get into um, some of the people you spoke with. Is there someone's story that sticks out to you particularly about, you know, why they got into Santa? Um, because it's, it's a particular niche thing, right?
3: A few that I spoke to, their fathers were Santa as well. Well, one person in particular I met was Santa Mel. She's Melissa Rickard. She's from Little Rock, Arkansas. And she actually has been a Santa
2: for over 20 years, but this is her first time attending the school. What led me down the path to be Santa? um, That's one of my favorite questions because I did not break into being a Santa to shatter a glass ceiling as a woman. Her father was in the Masons, and, and they are very big in providing Christmas to local
3: children at the holidays, and they brought in a a Santa. And sadly, he had suffered a medical situation right before he was supposed to go in. Her dad asked her, did she think she could do it?
2: So I took this... $18 $18 Woolworth suit. You could see through the felt. It was that old and that worn in. And I put it on with the beard with the old uh, plastic eyeglass hooks that went over your ears. And I got in there and just, I had more fun than the kids. And seeing those faces of those children light up was absolutely, absolutely amazing. And just the joy on her
3: face as she was talking about that feeling. On how she changed.
2: What really sealed the journey, and I'm going to try not to tear up. Um, as I was leaving, there was a child that was sponsored from another company, a little, little, another country, that was worried that Santa would never find him. This little kid, who was being treated um, for some kind of spinal paralysis uh, deficit, grabbed onto my leg crying and said, thank you, Santa, for finding me. Thank you for finding me. And he gave me the biggest hug. Every broken piece of me up to that point in my life was put back together with Christmas magic. And I've been hooked ever since.
3: Her love for being Santa and giving back to the kids is as strong as anyone else's in that school. Can anyone be Santa?
2: To a degree, yes. As long as you have that heart and that spirit and that wonderment. If not, you're just a dude in a suit.
1: After the break, a Santa mentor, some truly tough questions from kids, and maybe a bit of holiday wisdom to take with you.
0: Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any
1: And we're back talking with multimedia photo editor Kelly Jordan about her visit to Michigan Santa School and what she learned from attendee Santa Mel. And what did she have to say about, you know, why to do it or, or her favorite part of it?
3: I think the love and the camaraderie. Uh, one of the Santas, um, Santa Michael, who is also Uh, Michael Rowe, he's in, he is in Michigan, Santa's association. He's the president.
0: As I got closer to retirement, I'm going, you know, what do I love about being an educator? It was being able to see the awe and the wonder. And I just realized that the things that I did on a very small scale as Santa, you know, on the weekends, I could really do this all the time.
3: He's kind of taken her under his wing. I had gone to visit with them after a long day of class because he was going to help a couple of Santas learn how to do things with their beards.
0: I'm just going to take some, and you're going to need to take more because your mustache isn't used to this. Yeah. All right, so I'm just going to apply it, mm-hmm. grab it, and I'm going to work it, right? And then I like to flatten it a little bit.
3: To help bring out out the curl in the mustache and to make the beard softer and kind of some beard beard maintenance type tips for new Santas.
0: They'll use this type of stuff to get that real heavy, moldy, wild, crazy curls. and you know, but for me, it's just, it's absolutely, it's perfect. You know, it, I, I like it. It lasts long. I can put this on in the morning and I can be Santa and visit kids all day long and my mustache will stay. She
3: just wanted to catch up and they shared this really special moment where she was in her full suit and had her beard and everything on. And she was thanking my, Santa Michael for being such a great mentor and they hugged and it was just this really special Moment, and you can just there's a clear bond. I think be, you can tell between them.
2: He is a brother to me. He's become a friend of my husband. Uh, to me, I've become friends with his family and his beautiful wife, Linda. I don't think I would have had the gumption to keep going if it wasn't for having a mentor like Michael.
3: But also, I, I noticed it with others too. This willingness to share, and they all it's not about them and that was also something very interesting that santa michael said that they they're they're better together that all of them sharing their ideas and sharing the love for what they do makes them all better and it's they keep the children at the focus at all times that that they realize it's not about them it's about the children but when
0: you put that suit on something magical and you sing And and the sound of love and, and grace is just phenomenal. It's not you anymore. It's something greater and bigger than yourself.
3: Santa Ben, who is also relatively new in his journey. We talked on the bus on the way to Frankenmuth and to Bronner's. And the thing that stood out to me was just him talking about how it helped to focus him. I don't know that I really thought about it, that there would be this part of you that maybe had some apprehension about you know your ability to do this and 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 to portray the spirit of santa and and i think he got a lot of confidence from this experience
1: it is such an interesting thing um that i i feel like i wouldn't normally think about we all have to build skills in certain areas or you know if we're passionate about something um but you don't have anyone else passionate about it or to talk to about it
3: how do you grow it is interesting and i think santa nathan the 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 Santa that came to get the help with the beard. I think he nailed it too, because he said that we are are what holds us back. You know, that that our our fear and our vulnerabilities and the things that we think we can't do very uh, as well is what actually holds us back. But Michael expanded on that by saying, here I am, this flawed human. But when I have that suit on, I'm Santa Claus. And I think there's something very special about how it fits into the idea of the spirit and unselfishness uh, of of the person they're portraying.
1: Yeah. And something I think in what you said, there's something that we can all kind of take on a little bit, right? There's something that I think everyone in in any walk of life or any um, religion, you can kind of understand being in that moment. One thing that struck me in your reporting on it is those conversations that the kids that might surprise them with like tough questions. And one that was heartbreaking to read was, why didn't you visit my house last year? And And what was the answer for that? Do you recall?
3: One of the Santas had a little book that he carried with him. And if a, if a child said that, he would write their name down and he would say, I'm going to keep this right here in the book and I'm going to You know, I'm going to be sure that I don't miss next year. Or they would blame it on the elves. It was a way to kind of handle helping the the child not feel singled out or feel like they were ignored. Mm.
1: Yeah, and that's where you can, I guess, really kind of understand the importance of having some conversations, right, to prepare for something like that. On the lighter side of the, the same coin of talking about questions from these kids, I, I had wanted to ask you about uh, this video. You had a little boy saying that he had cameras up uh, looking for Santa. Could you tell me about that?
3: There was a little boy that came in the kindergarten class, and he had made it this point of of telling Santa that he saw him because he had cameras set up in his house.
1: When you came to my house, you know what? I got pictures of you. Got no
3: pictures oh. of you. what I love about that story is that I know that at some point his parents went to this elaborate process to make sure that their child believed in Santa. And I just, you know, I just hearing him tell that story and be so passionate about it just kind of made, put the icing on the cake for what, why they were all there. They were all there because of this child belief, this, this, idea of the, the spirit of this wonderful guy that comes and brings toys and does all these things, but th- I think that child kind of summed up why they were all theirs.
1: Kelly, have you ever been Santa? I should have clarified. It could be a conflict of interest at the top of this conversation.
3: Have you been a Santa? Will you be a Santa? I have not ever been a Santa, uh, nor do I see myself uh, of ever being one, but I, I will... Say that I have always been somebody that believed in the spirit of Santa Claus, and I think in our world, you know, we we get rather um, callous to things, and and as we get older, we, uh, you know, and and that's something else that's really interesting. They said that it doesn't matter, you know, you, if with whether you're fifty or you're thirty or you're five or a hundred, you see Santa and this childlike. inside of you, this childlike spirit comes out.
1: What are some major takeaways from the experience that you want people
3: to know about? It just made me pause and realize there are some amazing people out there that really do want to just spread joy. I I think we all should take heed in some of what they said and, and do that for ourselves.
1: Kelly Jordan, thank you so much for joining us today, Um, you know, and for what you do. You have been out with crazy election coverage yourself. Um, You were out covering the protests with me two years ago. And you're a fantastic photojournalist, but just really glad to have you on documenting these bits of life. It's not just like that, you know, crime news. It's telling the stories of people and their lives and the joy they can bring each other. And that's that's the really cool part that we get access to that. Thank you for joining us, Kelly.
3: Thank you guys so much. This is uh, this is really neat. And I think uh, it's an honor to participate in this. But also, I hope that it lets people have an idea, you know, uh, to why journalism especially community journalism like this, is so important.
1: For those Santas and Mrs. Clauses listening, next year's tuition costs a bit over $600, but there's discounts for Santa School alums.
0: That episode was produced by Darcy Moran and Robin Chan. Anjanette Delgado and Mary Ann Struman are our executive producers, and Peter Batia is our editor. Thanks for being real good. We'll see you Christmas Eve, and don't forget the cookies, all right? We wish- the theme music for the show is called Fort Trumbull. It was produced by DJ Lost Boy. Wish you a Merry and a happy New Year. All right, happy holidays. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left.